This podcast is powered by The Plug. of Beers, Bourbon, Whiskey. It's your boy Q Lewis holding it down live from the 48205. Got my man Bo in the building. Sure. Man, we back for the second time this season. Uh, last week was definitely a pleasure to have. Um, I think that's the Bro, bro Brothers is going to be uh, probably high on the list. But again, it's early in the season, so we really don't know. Uh, but uh, today, we go into something that we're familiar with, but a different a, a different style of it, I guess we'll call it. So we're talking about the Maker's Mark today, but we're looking at uh, Stave Profile number 46, all right? As you see the huge 46 on the bottom. Uh, so we got a little bit of history to talk about with that, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, again, this is Beers, Bourbon, Whiskey, so make sure that you do subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out the YouTube channel, and then you can catch up with the uh, last season. Uh, which is a uh, one through eight, and our favorite, of course, is Uncle Nearest. <laughs> but you'll see that at the uh, on the end of the uh, on the end of the season last year. But this uh, this season, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we've actually, as you can see, we've added some cigars to this scenario. Uh, not going to really talk about the cigars not yet. Maybe that'll be in season three. Uh, but we did add that to the whole setup. Uh, I'm excited about today, though, only because again, this is one of the ones that. Uh, we've enjoyed some other versions of Maker's Mark, but not this one. So this is going to be brand new for both of us. Uh, also, don't forget that when you do uh, go to the YouTube uh, channel to subscribe, make sure that you click that bell so that you get a notification every time we go live. And that's it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and get to it. So um, just a, a little bit of the history on Maker's Mark, at least the uh, number 46. Uh, which is some a little research uh, we kind of just did on the fly. Um, what I will do is just start off basically by reading the back of the bottle. I think this is the easiest thing to do. Uh, so it says, uh, at Maker's Mark, uh, we created a wood finishing series to explore unique expressions of our signature Maker's Mark whiskey originally crafted by my parents in 1953. All right, so that's where uh, the term stave uh, comes from is actually uh, basically a style of wood and this is a style of wood that was used in the barrel uh, to age this whiskey so it's not it's not one of the uh, super uh, like well it's 94 proof so that's still a lot yeah uh, so that's that's not bad so, so it kind of reminds me of how like Cuban cigars has a richer deeper darker soil you know what I mean, for their tobacco you know yeah. I mean? kind of similar to that similar I think. To that. Yeah, okay. I, guess. I think I can roll with that yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. But what I am excited about too, though, is um, everybody who's familiar with Maker's Mark uh, is familiar with uh, how they seal the cap. Uh, this was the, I think when I first had Maker's Mark, uh, shout out to Angry Principal, um, he uh, had a bottle of Maker's Mark and I was so like, 
this whole little this whole little concept of shit just amazed me. Did you do you know any of the history on this? Because that I, I don't know. Is well, it no the wax? I, I know when you go on a tour or whatnot, you know you can get yeah. your own little bottle if you want. You know and they charge you. I think it's like forty bucks or something like that. Crazy. I think something crazy. First of all, the, the bottle itself not even for you, <laughs> so I'm not paying for that. Like somebody we know said, fuck that experience. <laughs> right, FD. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but if you really into that, then yeah, I, I guess it'd be a cool little thing to do, but uh, yeah. I don't know it. If somebody out there know, I should probably, I should, we should know that, really. I guess we should know that. I don't drink makers a whole lot, though, so. I don't either. Uh, yeah. I like it, but, you know. You know what, if you're watching right now, you got some information about how this came about, uh, make sure you hit us in the comment box below. Uh, we would love to know. Or even uh, if it's an actual representative from Makers Mark, <laughs> we'll take that as well, because we are always looking for sponsors. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to get, now, this is what we normally do. Uh, because I, we either one of us have actually had this before. Uh, normally, we try to give it a, a little sniff and then figure out uh, what it's going to taste like. But I can't lie, I cheated, right? So I, I looked at the uh, I looked at the the back of the bottle to see what it's going to taste like. And I guess I, I'll just go ahead and give you a give you a hint of what it says. So basically, it says that <clears throat> where was it at here? Uh, it says it's going to have a pronounced or it's going to have pronounced notes of caramel and vanilla. So if you if you've been keeping up with any of the episodes of uh, of our show, then you know that this is probably for the softer palate, which means that I'll probably thoroughly enjoy this <laughs> because I think of the two of us, I do have the softer palate, so I am kind of looking forward to this. Um, I do kind of want to know how much that uh, the stave taste is going to like really change it though. So I will be kind of comparing it to uh, the original Maker's Mark, but um. We're not going to do like we did last week. We're going to try to get into it a little early. We'll go ahead and bust the bottle open yeah, up before we start rapping. You know what I'm saying? I'll sit here like... <laughs> right. Mm, <laughs> we're over here getting, good, over over here getting a little thirsty. Mm, my water. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and bust that open real quick. All right, wasn't too bad. That's probably going to be the hard part. Yeah. And I could be wrong too, but I, I think there's like some kind of urban legend. Like if you get a bottle that uh wax goes all the way down to the label or to the you know the the, the letters or something like that, it's uh -huh. supposed to be good luck or something like that. I really? Think. Yeah. So we might be having some good luck huh? like that. I think I got enough of it. Also, I think we might have to edit this one. Y'all <laughs> yeah, see him over here? <laughs> <laughs> gotta hit it with the shirt. Oh, <laughs> there yeah, girl. yeah, girl, I got that for you. <laughs> you turn around so she don't see me struggling. Hit it with the shirt real quick. Gotta hit it there with the go. shirt, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. This is going to be a great show already, I can tell. Jeez. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Oh, but one of these days, I'm going to put something in this little, got my little whiskey barrel here that, that, that my sister bought for me. For oh, yeah, that's so. One of these days, we're going to. I might make it my own little special brew or something like that. I know, might as well. Special brew, remember that? Special, yes, I certainly remember that. Ooh, <laughs> <boy>. That night. <laughs> we ain't gonna tell y'all about that. Nah, maybe a different show. Yeah. BBW After Dark. <laughs> Uncut BBW. Uncut. <laughs> right. Now, you know what? This is, this is weird because... Alright, so from what I read, you know, about the, uh, the vanilla and caramel, I don't smell it. You don't really? I definitely smell the vanilla. Maybe the vanilla, but yeah, I can definitely smell it, vanilla. Don't, it don't smell as sweet as I thought it was gonna smell. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, it's definitely sweet, though. It's sweet. It's got almost like a, uh, it's a vanilla there. I can taste some caramel, but almost like a, uh, it's, it's not like a deep, rich caramel. It's called almost like a, a caramel apple type taste. You yeah. know what I mean? Kind yeah. of on the, you know, on the, not so much the fruit sweet side, more on the, what's that, uh, like a candy sweet Like candy. Side. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, like candy sweet. Yeah. It's good, though. Um, I guess we'll just make a quick reference to this and Maker's Mark. I have to say that even though this is uh you know probably one of the uh one of the higher tiers, I actually do think I would choose the the normal the regular maker's mark over this one i kind of honestly i I can't hold you up i i don't yeah it's not the same i I don't like it as much I'm a fan of makers like you said I'm a fan of original makers right. I don't mind this I probably wouldn't buy the forty six again <laughs> right I was just gonna say but I mean it, it's fine you know I, yeah. I don't dislike it. Right, I don't just like, like all, all the choices that are out there, you know, I, I would, was it 40, 35, 40 bucks, you know, I, I think yeah. there's better choices for that amount of money out there. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, just just talking about this and basically that, that whole legacy of, of Maker's Mark, um, again, I, I saw the, the regular Maker's Mark and I think we both had experience with those, so I kind of wanted to try something different. Now, all the time though, and I think we mentioned this last season, all the time just because it's a supposedly a better grade or a higher price doesn't always mean that it's going to taste as good or it tastes better. So I think this is uh, probably proof. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, uh, I'm not completely dissing it like, like, how I oh. did, like how I did Buchanan's. I completely dissed that because <laughs> I'm just not a scotch person, so I guess it just wasn't for me. But um, this one, like I said, is decent. I don't know if it's an everyday thing, um, but what I am going to tell you, though, in a, in a moment, because I'm getting ready to strike this cigar, I am going to see... Um, how it kind of balances that out because sometimes you can kind of tell the difference in the whiskey or bourbon that you might like um, Because of how it kind of goes with the cigar and I know a lot of times it doesn't seem like it makes sense But um, once you get there, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about now um, This is a funny thing too though, um, and, and I'm not segueing at all. I'm just bringing in the subject we were talking about um, but with, with this whole pandemic thing going on and kind of like everybody's attention been on um, COVID-19 and everything, um, as usual, uh, <laughs> not to kind of put them in the same category, but as usual, Black History Month kind of went, went by and just went away, you know, real quick. But then I start, I'm, I'm curious because we are educating ourselves more, you know, when I say we are, I'm talking about the black community, we are educating ourselves more. So does this mean that the whole like national kind of black history thing, does it mean it's not as important anymore? Or and I'm not saying like that it, it doesn't count, but like since we're doing our our own self education, like should we be really pushing for like that in the educational system for real? Um, so me in my personal like space, right? Just me living my personal life. I don't have to. I don't think we have to push it, right? Because I'm going to educate myself and you know and, and my people regardless. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think you could say that about everyone. I don't know if everyone, you know, knows where to find the knowledge or has enough knowledge or whatever it may be, right. you know, to, to kind of to teach themselves and teach them someone else. Um, so in that aspect, it's like the greater good aspect, yes, I think it should be pushed, right? Because simply because black history is, you know, whether they like it or not, it is American history, you know? I mean, sure. that's, that's just what it is. The um, first, you know, <laughs> We, we, we talk about, about black history, and I, I think a lot of us, you know, we always think slavery, and you know, we think civil rights movement, things like that, which, you know, we should. Those are major events 
not only not only black history, but like world history, right? Right. Uh, right. Not even American yeah, history. Yeah, world, world history. history right? Yeah. Uh, but I love the recent stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm about to give my homeboy a shout out. You know, I'm wearing this hat right here, On Point Arms. My homeboy oh, yeah. Kenrick in Colorado. Yeah. You know. Uh, so you know, Kenrick runs his own you know firearm business and whatnot, and he's real big on you know African Americans. You know. Learning how to operate firearms and be safe with them, and learning how to survive and protect themselves and the ones they love and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and he's made a little business out of it. And I'm like, that's just—I look up to that man. You know, that—that's black yeah. history right there. You know, uh, I love that. You know, you know. So shout yeah, out to Kenrick. Check out. Hey, you into that? Check out On Point Arms LLC. He's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you right Good now. Good people, man. Good people. If you're not into it, you need to get into it. Mm -hmm. For real, survival is a thing. For real. And you know, that's a whole another thing, right? And like not to stray away too far from the point but as far as uh black history goes and then you're just talking about the things that kind of basically create our own new history i think is kind of where we at with it now but like in black history or, or just education in black communities what do you think is the most important because like you, you talked about the whole survival thing mm -hmm. and i think that i think that survival and learning how to like to grow your own food mm -hmm. is probably the two most important things and is important, but I ain't gonna lie. I think that our generation, um, maybe even the generation before us, kind of dropped the ball. Cause I knew my my grand, both of my granddads were like super green thumbs. Like they could grow anything out of anywhere. Like in the back of an alley, they could just grow a whole harvest. And then somehow it skipped the generation. Our parents kind of like you know they started microwaving everything, and then we just lost it completely. So I think that uh, those two, I think survival, like survival things. Whether that means defending yourself um, or like basically living off the land, I think those two things are something that we gotta start bringing back for ourselves. And I, I mentioned this last season in another episode, but it's kind of it's crazy that we really are missing the boat on that. And and I, I say that because again, when I was in Colorado, I just noticed being at the grocery store and going in the magazine aisle and all of the survival magazines, all the gun and ammo magazines, all the magazines that tell you like uh, how to build your bug out bag you know shit that's important but like you go to the grocery store and in our in our neighborhoods in the city and you got motherfucking right on <laughs> vibe magazine but nothing about survival it's almost like like the information is, is hidden from you like they don't want you to have it it's um i'm gonna agree and disagree with you i'm, I'm gonna agree with you to the point that like those things are extremely important are important mm -hmm. and we can learn about them uh I, and maybe not so I'm so much disagreeing with you, but I'm emphasizing a different point. Okay. This is where, when, you know, when you said it kind of skipped a generation. You know, and I'm just looking back at America at that time, right? You know, you know, uh, black folks, you know, post, like just post-slavery, you know, trying to really, you know, trying to really establish life, you know, yeah. other than just being a sharecropper or something like that. True. You know, so what do they do? They migrate north, you know. To all the you know the the, the manufacturing all the, the industries the auto industry, wow, industry. Up, auto industry mm -hmm. steel industry stuff like that right mm -hmm. and so because they seem seem to provide a better life you know for your folks right. so you know that's what you know that that's what my that's what my mom did actually you know she's from middle of nowhere Alabama right. Hatch Chubby you know what I mean <laughs> yeah and at nineteen moved to Detroit yeah. you know because there was work here exactly so you know when you think about it from that standpoint it's almost we were in a, in a social construct where. You know, you have to make it. You have to make a decision, right? You know, and I, you're going to continue to live the way you, you know, you are. You know, that may be off the off the land, even though that land may belong to someone else. Right. Or you know, you you move north and kind of make more 
like a, a I guess a, a modern you know life for yourself you know yeah. so even though we don't we lost some of those skills you know you can't I don't really fault them you know and I'm, I know you don't either right. I don't fault them for the decisions they make at the time because they're oh, in no. that, you know in that situation where it's Definitely like not. damn I, we got to make it you know what right. I mean yeah. so so again like, I think like, I think it's more important now for us like when we when we do have that information that we can find that information okay now we got to get back to some of the basics right because yeah. I guarantee you. You know, just from the the, the uh, protest they had in Lansing, mm-hmm. <laughs> white folks are out here ready. They ready. They little militias and they little groups. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the government shut down and grocery stores go. I, I guarantee they, they got their little stockpiles and they'll be okay yeah. for a while. Like really, and we gonna and and, 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 they, and they know I'm, how to hunt. Yeah, and they know how to and hunt. Know how to hunt. And, and I'm looking at social media and, and yes, we should demand more of our government, but we're relying solely on our government. You know what I mean? And that shit goes away. Then what? You know, and yeah, that might be an extreme situation, but it's a situation you got to think about, especially now. And even if you be different, even you know? if you don't think about it, you got to at least be prepared. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You got to be prepared. So, like, even in the in the, it, it may not be likely that everything just completely shut down. And you got to fend for yourself. But wouldn't it be nice to be prepared to if it did happen? You know what I'm saying? Right. And I don't mean by like going out there and buying all the motherfucking toilet paper up and all that stuff, right? Like <laughs> I get that. Yeah, you real survival shit. You need to have supplies and stuff. Yeah, I get it. You know, but at the same time, like, yeah, you need to have to grow. You know, you need to know know how to, you know, if, if it comes down to it, you know, kill an animal and like gut it and dress it and all that good stuff, right? Exactly. And how to preserve it. Exactly. You know, man, what? How to preserve it? Yeah, what know? about that, right? Yeah, exactly. Just go kill it. I keep yeah. it in the truck. You know, it's like you don't eat it all right there, or like you just don't get what you need and go out and move on to the next animal, right? And I guarantee, you know? ain't nobody about to eat a whole big ass deer <laughs> in one city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not gonna happen. And, and, and like I said, you know, speaking to uh, extreme situations, man, but. These are obviously extreme situations that white folks have prepared for, and if it comes down to that, yeah. man, I don't, I don't know about our survival. I really don't. Yeah, you know? it's it's kind of tough, and yeah. I and I I have to be I have to be a hundred percent in agreement with that, because I know for a fact that that I'm not. I feel like at, at some point, and this is where, because I'm talking about it now, but I think it's a point where we just gotta we can't look back on the past, and we just gotta we gotta pass the buck to our next generation. That is, I can't talk about them skipping a generation on gardening and stuff. I think yeah. at this point, we just gotta pick it up. Right. We gotta figure out how to grow stuff. Like I gotta, uh, shout out to my man's uh, Black Love is Power. This is a, um, this is a uh, IG page. But uh, he, hit, he hit me to the to the CMOS jail. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, so he hit me to that, but he's also like, he's learning how to grow things like in the crib, like, mm-hmm. like with synthesized stuff, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so he not he not even planting outside. He learned how to grow food in the house. Okay. I'm just like, dog, you thinking about little small things like that that you take for granted that we need to know how to do though. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's like I ain't gonna lie to you, you can just make it cool. You know what I'm saying? You can make it cool. So like for a kid, it might like you want to make it cool for them because learning is not always cool, and we got to change that stigma too. But if you showing somebody how to like, let's just say grow some grow some vegetables out of like some scraps because i seen this on i seen this on youtube where they was actually growing full vegetables out of the scraps of the, of the vegetables and i don't have no clue on how to do that like it didn't make no sense to me i'm looking at it i, I failed most of my science classes i'm sorry i was a failure at school using like compost and stuff yeah like I'm, I'm not hip you know what i'm saying but 
if you if you know that knowledge and you can pass that on to your uh, to your next generation and make it cool though, like you telling him like you know what you know how to grow stuff out of scraps, like how cool is that? Next thing you know, he actually learned something and he got some survival skills that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, and a lot of that's gonna be like and, and I and capitalism has completely ruined my mind, but. I'm just totally thinking that those kind of skills are marketable, though. I mean, if this situation hasn't taught us anything about capitalism, it is, you know, it's not so much essential workers, it's expendable workers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and, and I'm not counting in healthcare with that, right? Because like, mm -hmm. they are definitely essential. Like, oh, they essential. Yeah, those nurses, those doctors, those... Who, whatever, I don't know much of all the titles and stuff. But At like, this point, yeah. they're they the only ones that's yeah, truly essential. Truly essential, yeah. yeah. But, you know, some of these other folks that work in these companies, Walmart, Amazon, or whatever, no, those aren't essential. Yes, they do what they can, the supply chain and, and shipping things. Mm -hmm. You know, like I get to that, I get that point. But I guarantee you, you know, Walmart and Amazon is still shipping out, like, dildos and stuff like that. <laughs> I guarantee you. You know, they, they making some money, too. Right Non-essential right? materials. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Don't let them fool you into thinking they're right. doing all good for folks right now. Yeah, for sure. They're profiting. And just and, and and looking at that too, just looking at how people are obviously going to profit off of this pandemic. And again, again, I don't want to get too far from the point, but like even with that, where do you think the where do you think the black economy fits in now? Because I feel like I feel like this is an opportunity for a, a, a paradigm uh, shift. Now I don't know if it can really happen. But I think it's a it's a prime opportunity for it to happen. It happen I think yeah. we got to capitalize on some of this. It, it, it can happen at a small level or a large level. Yeah. I think you know uh, mostly you know at, at a small level because if anything else, you, you know, you're realizing now that you know no one's going to provide for my people, but you know my people. Exactly. You, know, you got folks out here that can't pay rent. You know mm -hmm. uh, they had to rely on the school system to feed their children and stuff like that. So you're still relying on a system yeah. that really. Yes, if they have to, they will take care of you to a certain extent, yeah. but only to, to to sustain you, not to help you thrive or things right. like that. You know, that's going to be on us, on yeah. ourselves. And the bottom line is, and this is what's crazy about the whole government and capitalism in a, in a whole, is the whole thing is that they don't really care about sustaining you. They care about sustaining your dollar and your power to buy yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as long as your livelihood good and you can buy something, oh, they cool with it. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? They don't care if you live or die. They want you to live and buy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's how that works. But and, and, yeah, and, and sometimes it's just it, <laughs> as we're saying, man, like. It's, sometimes they don't even want us to live. Like, that, sure no, that. seriously. No, 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 no I, I agree. Disproportionately, uh, damn, I wish I could remember her name. The, the doctor that, that works with uh, Dr. Fauci. Oh, and man. I just call it out like, hey, this, this is like genocide for real. And I you cannot, I mean? I cannot I, I think of her name. I wish, oh, she's got, uh, I can wish I could remember her name. Yeah, but, but she, she just keep it real. Like, she's hey, keeping it too real, though. And you this see is, how they attack her. And now they're trying to say, oh, she's a quack. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Exactly. She's one of the smartest. Not only women, one of the smartest people on the face of this planet is telling you what's going on, and then you got some people that is the host of Fox News trying to try to right. oh no, <laughs> like you even can have, hold a candle to her intelligence. Right? I have like, to, on, no? I have to commend her bravery though, bro. She oh. in a position to lose it all, like, dog. That shit real, it's straight G, dog. That's real. straight G that shit. shit. Gangster as hell in my book, man, for real. For sure, for sure, dog. And I and I, I apologize if I'm doing her a great disservice by not remembering her name yeah, right so now. So am I. But when I tell you that that she was able to speak to everything that you think about this pandemic and how it's adversely affecting uh, black people and able to 
speak to it from a point where that we talk about in our own living rooms, but then she's able to say those things and still on the back end, she one of the top scientists working on it. You know right. what I'm saying? So and not only that, and then, you know, cause we talk in a lot of general terms of time and conjecture, things like that. Yeah. But she can say, oh yeah, well, according to X, Y, and Z and one, two, three, exactly. well, this is why I'm right and you are wrong, right? Exactly. Whereas I'm not a scientist, you're not a scientist, yeah. we can't speak in depth of those things. Exactly. But she can't, you know? Yeah. So. And see, this is where, this is where like the, the other percentage is at odds is because they want to bat they want to battle her on that on that and, and, and make her look crazy but they know that the bottom line is she working on the shit that they need her to work on i'm gonna so look up her name man i know right yeah we gotta give her we gotta give her a real yeah. shout out but but yeah so i know that's why they don't really want to kind of go against her because at the end of the day she is doing their work like she's doing the work to that's going that's going to stabilize uh capitalistic views and all that stuff because basically they're just trying to get a handle on everything so they need her to do what she's doing but at the same time they so want to make her look crazy especially because she's black and this Man, is this, this is the odd thing though and, and that's what i hate about the whole situation is that when a black person says something, it's like they can be ostracized, but a white person can say that exact same thing, which is cool. Like they got our back, right? But then it's acceptable. It's acceptable. <laughs> it's acceptable, yeah. yeah. So at that, I don't know if that's if if that's a us thing or a them thing. You know what I'm saying? That because because we do it too, though. Like you know, we we do it for ourselves. Doc, doctor, uh, doctor Corbett. Oh, you found it? Yeah. Okay. Because was it? Uh, yeah, Dr. Corbett, you know? Dr. Corbett, okay. Yeah, she works, works with Dr. Fauci, you know, with yeah. the, was it the NIH, National Institute for Infectious Diseases, or yeah. something like that, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, so shout out to her, though, because she, uh, she risking it all. Oh. <laughs> For real, like, the real life risking yeah. it all. And I don't know what, see, this is, the, this is the hard part, too, because, like, and I know she had to struggle with this. I know she had to deal with it mm -hmm. to be able to say those things. Because now, no matter what your contribution mm -hmm. is to the medicine and the science of it, it can at some point be discredited. It can because yeah. because they feel like you you know you loony or something. So <laughs> I, I it's I don't know. And then it's just the way. And I know it, I think it was Fox News that I seen the coverage, which I yep. should have never watched Fox News in the first place. But the way the way he was. The way the anchor was talking down about her was just <laughs> incredible. It's just like, dog. Sometimes you always get brought back to the reality. Like, you know, this is where, this is how we live. This is the thing that tripped me about out about that. Like, uh, was, I forget that. I forget his name. That privileged motherfucker on Fox News. Uh, but anyway, he's like, he's like the heir to some kind of fortune or something like that. And he's calling somebody else privileged. Yeah. You know, dog. You want to get real? into privilege, right? <laughs> You got millions of dollars coming to you at some point if you haven't got them already, whatnot. You know what I mean? Right. And you, come on, man, for real. So this is, I think, this is our time, though, and just going back to uh, Black history, uh, basically being history. Um, I think this is our time to really start using that that education and that, and I won't even say education because I think people get it misconstrued when I say education because I think you start feeling like I'm talking about classical education, mm -hmm. like going to school mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I mean education, like researching and just making information available. I feel you. I just because it's like I had this conversation with. Uh, oh, matter of fact, it was on it was on uh, Shad's podcast. Make sure you check out check out Shad versus everybody. Mm -hmm. But um, we were uh, he was interviewing a dude and a dude name was Buddy. I can't remember his real name, but he was a rapper. 
and he was 27 years old, dog. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how he was, uh, when he was living in Atlanta, he would have conversations with his peers, you know what I'm saying? He was saying that he couldn't, he couldn't learn nothing from them. <laughs> and he's like, he couldn't understand how he could be around people who was like maybe um, our age, like maybe 40, and they talking about the same things that like 19 and 20 year olds was talking about. Mm -hmm. He said he want to have conversations with people about about uh, empowerment, about stocks and bonds, about financial literacy and stuff like that. And I ain't gonna lie, dog. When I heard a 27 year old dude talking <laughs> about that, that's just like when I talked to my nephew, man, because he like he ahead of the curve. You know what I'm saying? I, and I, I try to credit us with that, but <laughs> but he learned a lot of this stuff on his own. And it's just like, dog, that always that always hit me when somebody in that age, they get it. Yeah. Cause I ain't gonna lie, when I was in my 20s, I didn't get it. And, and probably because I didn't have the right conversations with the right people. And that's what I mean by education. Like it ain't classical, it's just making that information available. I think it's, it's just was, was key. And I think when I was in my 20s, the information was there, but I ain't really had nobody to give it to me. And now we're in a position where we've learned information. So I think it is, we, we have a responsibility, whether we wanted it or not. You know what I'm saying? We in the information age where we are privy to so much information that if, if we don't get it into the right hands and, and change the the whole like the the whole thing, you know, if we don't change the whole outlook, the whole mindset of our community, then I ain't gonna lie, it's our fault because we right in the middle where we got our hands on everything. So you don't, you don't want to take that much responsibility yet. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. I just think it's interesting to let you say that because um, we always talk about how information is power and education, is in, and it is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very interesting nowadays because, you know, we talked about technology and you brought that up. And we were watching Dave Chappelle earlier. <laughs> right. you know? And I remember one of the things that Dave Chappelle said, and, and that kind of stuck with me, is that, you have to be very careful about the information you come across nowadays because we're in an age of spin, right? Folks know that information is readily available to you. They, they just really just can't. They can lie to you and stuff like that, but it's all about how they spin it now, or how they make you feel about things. And that's the, that's the weird thing about information just being so available. So I think that, again, we owe it to ourselves and this next generation to... Not only, see, I, I guess this is putting a lot of pressure on us, but not only to make this information available, but almost kind of guide guide them in the way that they use it. Because at the at a certain point, this is what's scary. And I, I think off camera we was talking about Nipsey and uh, Dr. Sevy. And what's scary is that having that information is one thing, but delivering it to the people and allowing them to mobilize is a whole different, I think, level of scary to me. And the only reason I say that is because, like, the, the government and the, the 1% and kind of, like, the, the, the powers that be kind of make it a scary situation because, like, in real life, this whole thing is set up for you not to be able to overthrow, like, the basically the 1%. So if you get into a situation where you got this information and you can actually give it to the people and mobilize them, mm -hmm. What what can you how can you use it because like really ultimately it's you not set up to win you know what I'm saying like you not set up to change the matrix and so yeah that shit got to be scary that's why I think that um, our icons have a way of disappearing right because mm -hmm. uh, when you when you do find someone that that can take that knowledge and mobilize it and whatnot 
and unite some folks, um, that, that's scary to them, right? Yeah. And I think like what we were just talking about, you know, I, I think it is scary to that person too, you know. I was, I was reading an article about Malcolm X, I think it was in the Atlantic a okay. couple of years ago, I forget who wrote it. Shout out to the Atlantic. Uh, yeah, shout out to the Atlantic for sure. Uh, but basically, they were talking about at a point when when Malcolm X realized how powerful he was, you know? Yeah. And, and and not that he was like plotting and shit like that, but like, it literally like scared him. Because he I'm knew sure. he could affect like the lives of the entire black community. You exactly. Know what I mean? Which, like, which would in turn change the whole shit yeah, and everything. You know I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, and, and so, like, he realizes the power, the power that he has right now. But well, what can that grow into? Yeah. And I think you know that's what Malcolm was getting at with Nipsey. Like Nipsey realizes he, you know, he's powerful. Yeah. But what can this become? And I think that's that that scares some folks because Shit. if it doesn't work out, then damn, then I'm the one who fucked I, up my people. I'm, I'm blamed for it. Yeah. yeah, I'm blamed for this shit. And then like, if it does work, then like, damn. It worked, but now what? Yeah, you know. So this shit is scary. It, it's, it's definitely scary, but I think that that that's one thing about about change, and that's something I was reading uh, in uh, the Alchemist, which is a great book, by the way. So make sure you check that out. But I think that the the fear. Shout out North Carolina, <laughs> right? For sure. Shout out to NC. Um, but but yeah, the, the fear of the unknown is is pretty much like one of the number one contributors. To why people don't follow they they passion or or find or find they they uh what what they refer to in that book as your personal legend <laughs> and that's um that's that's the truth I think a lot of times and I think the term that we use just on a on a on a normal basis is uh scared to succeed yeah you know what I'm saying you're scared of success so I think that's the same thing basically just being fearful of damn what if this do work. <laughs> Dog, that that stopped a lot of people from doing stuff. So you, if you look at that and then combine it with what you was just saying about the the basically the fear of the unknown, because like a lot of stuff that we set out to accomplish, like when you really look at the the grand scope of things that it could change if it went the right way, man, that shit, that's overwhelming. That is very overwhelming. Like if cause we talk about it, like we talk about equality, we talk about black people getting back in power, we talk about uh, changing our our economic stance to make more sense to us and not just feeding the capitalist machine. We we talk about all that, right? So what happened when it happened? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like our, cause it's it's a it's a good fight. It's a good fight to to get in the game <laughs> and it's a good fight to take control. But what are you going to do when you get control? That's, that's the scary part. That's why I feel to a certain extent. That's why I feel Killmonger. And I'm not talking about the part of like snatching up women and yeah. I'm not talking about that, right? What I'm talking about is like his energy and, and, and just his overall vibe to like, dog, they've had their time. Like enough is enough, motherfucker, right? Right. Like, shit needs to change like right now. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we got to go out and kill all white folks. Or something. <laughs> I'm not saying that type of shit, right? But right. Like, Before we get yeah. blocked on YouTube, right? Yeah. Take, what I'm saying, what I am saying is take control of your own destiny, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, like, and that goes back to what we are talking about with black history, you know? Mm -hmm. You got to teach, you know, you got you to show, you know, examples. You get, you, and not only history, you have to show what, what can be, you right. know what I mean? What, what, what the possibilities are and whatnot. Because mm -hmm. a lot of motherfuckers are out here it, hopeless, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and don't give me hope, is not, just to give somebody hope, that's not a strategy, right? You know, you, <laughs> no, you, you have to, yeah, it has to be a roadmap, definitely. And that, that hope is supposed to fuel action. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? That's what it comes down to. But like, that's, that's exactly why I felt Killmonger, you know, because it's, and 
during that whole movie, I know it is, and I know it's just a movie, but I wanted him and T'Challa just, just to fuck with each other, man. Just, you know what I mean? Just like, oh. But that's, cousins, but, but that's classic, though, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? That's classic. That's Hitting what we do. against each other. That's what we do. That's classic, yeah. You know? But, man, that, that, that movie, though, is like, that movie was so symbolic, like, in real life, of things that's going on. But also, what's crazy, though, just looking back on that premiere, like, we, we were so proud of that movie. Now, granted, I mean, obviously, it's a Marvel movie. So it wasn't not, the greatest movie. It's not really the greatest movie. Movies go, yeah. But, but we were proud of that moment. Could you imagine, though, like, if you had that pride consistently, though? Like, if you had that pride consistently, like, how we could just change the, again, I go back to that term, uh, paradigm shift. Dog, I'm talking about you could change the whole orchestration of like every the world right. economy everything because the, the the reality of it is is that and this is what's crazy we really have the power to manipulate all of those things because capitalism doesn't work without black people like it just it just don't work like capitalism don't work without black people and trends don't work without black people. Uh, so a lot of manual labor don't work without black people. It's just like that's a whole other discussion. That's a whole other story. I don't think capitalism works. Period. You know, uh, it, see, it, I, it, it works for a certain percentage of people. Yeah. Everybody else is just trying to catch up. That's what I think capitalism. Is. <laughs> so he so, said capitalism as a whole is just a failure. Yeah. I, but that's my opinion, you know. But you know, you know what? I will say this though. The, the one thing I think was really dope, and I, this is this isn't a Black Panther review, but. I think the one thing that was that was really dope about when that movie came out, right, was the little kids, man, and just see how cool it was to see them, like, at Halloween, mm-hmm. just so just, just so happy to be dressed up as somebody yeah. that was like like them, looked like them, and represented exactly. their history, and, like, yeah. and you know that, that that shit was dope, you know, little ass ten year old dudes and, and girls for that matter, you know, dressing up like dressing up like Mbaku and yeah. like those little that little elite. Bodyguards, soldiers, you know, women he had around. Like, that shit was dope as hell. Yeah, they was hard to say. They was hard to say. Yeah, they was hard to say. I wouldn't mess around. With yeah, no. <laughs> but look, just on, on that tip, though, and this is where this is where that gray line is, though, because this is kind of like, this is that giving hope that's supposed to spur action, though. Mm-hmm. And I say that because this is the same thing. I, I feel like I had that same feeling, and it's probably, this is probably a bad analogy, but it's okay because I'm using it anyway. Um, but I had that same energy with, with the Black Panther movie, like how we kind of all came together and had that pride and everything. Yeah. I put that with, you know, 2008, when, when uh, President Obama got in. That hope, that, that, that fact that you can, you can actually tell your little kid, like, you can be president and, and you're not lying. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, you can see it. So that hope is great. Like you see the kids all cheering for it. I see my mom and my grandma cry because they ain't never think they could see that in their life. And then I see all the black people, uh, thugs and thugs and doctors and everybody together, all hitting the motherfucking Black Panther shit. You know what I'm saying? So like that pride was there, but then that pride needs to make some action though. And that's and that's where I think we keep dropping the ball. Like we get to situations like right now. Right now, I think, and I don't want to put pressure on the whole black community and shit, but in, in real life, this pandemic, though, is an opportunity for us to actually pull our thing together and really come together and, and do some action. Because this is like, this is kind of like, um, this is like meetings, right? And anybody who uh, work in corporate America, you know how annoying meetings are. Right, so you have all these meetings and everything, and you, you come into some kind of common agreement or goal to do some things, but the, the next thing that's necessary out of those meetings is in action. 
I feel like we keep having goddamn meetings. So <laughs> and we not doing no action though. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go back to the Obama thing for a minute. Mm. That don't get me wrong, that shit was dope. Like mm. the black president somebody that's looks, symbolic. Yeah, yeah, symbolic you know, somebody looks like me as president, right? Yeah. Um here's the butt. <laughs> right? <laughs> here's is. the butt. <laughs> it is. So yeah, that sparked a lot of hope and excitement and motivation. But again, like I said a few minutes ago, hope is not a strategy. Right. Simply because of what happened after that. Mm-hmm. You remember? Because I don't. We fell back off. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so. Uh, the the yeah. losing wore off. And, then. And, 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 you know, and I've told you all this, and this is not going to be popular, you know. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was dope to see Obama become president. I'm not an Obama fan because I don't think he really fucked with, like, us. Like, and when I say us, I mean just like everyday black people, man. I mean, how can he? Yeah. always not, not always, but for the majority of his adult life, he ain't had to worry about shit. He always, he's always been a rich man, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying they can't relate or anything, but actions mean a lot. Yeah. Um, so, we, I, won't, uh, I won't say necessarily rich, but definitely not in our same. He just bought a $12 million house on Martha's Vineyard. I mean, that's now, pretty damn rich. I mean, now, yeah. yeah I mean, so he is. I mean, coming uh, up, nah. No, come, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's, that's what I said. Most okay. of his adult life. I got you, uh, right? adult life. I got yeah. you. I'm sorry. So, I no, completely no. missed that part. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cigars getting to me. <laughs> so, again, my thing is this. Like, I look at that, and, and, I, and I have questions, right? Because yeah. we should always have questions. And my question is this. We vets. We've been in the game for a minute, right? And what I mean by that is, Civil rights movement, we, we really still, like, what's happening for us, what's this, like, we built this country, right? You know, yeah. there should be some type of reparation, there should be some type of whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden, this little hotshot rookie come along, and, and just like, <laughs> everything happens for them. Yeah. And I'm not mad at the LGBTQ community, you know, get what you can get. Like, you know, I feel you, you know, do what you do, love who you love, whatever, that's, that's what's up. Right. I'm just a little disappointed that somebody, that we waited for so, so long for somebody that looked like us to be in the office. It didn't really do much for us, yeah. you know, um, and, it, it pisses, and, and I know why and people are always going to say, well, he couldn't because of this and because of that. Sometimes we just got to be fucking selfish, dude. And, 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 and I, I get, and I got I that, I got that in the first look, time. Look at Trump, though. But the second time, though, he's not a white like man. He should have went all out. Though. Right, right. He should have went all out. He's like, he not a white man and all that, and his base isn't fanatical, well, no, not fanatical like Trump's base. No, yeah. not at all. I'm, I'm not at that. all. Hell no. But it, I, I just, I'm, I'm jealous, and, and I wanted, I wanted him to be selfish, you know, and, yeah. and, and he wasn't, and that's why. And, and, and that's, you know what? Now that you mentioned Trump, though, not to mm-hmm. cut you off, no, but you like, the reality of it is, is that I think that, and this is the thing. By all means, I'm definitely not a Trump supporter. But in real life, though, the way he kind of bucking the system, talking about media, talking about how the government basically ain't shit, like, because basically that's what Trump's saying. That's where Obama should have been. <laughs> he should have been with that shit. The difference with Obama he, he is that. He should have came in talking that shit. The difference with him is that I think he could have reached so many more people because the man is intelligent. Mm-hmm. You know, the man does know what the fuck he's talking about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And while this idiot talking about, hey, you know, I saw. Listen, Jay. Oh, disaffected. Oh, you know, all that. Did you see that he talking about? about? He was he was being funny. Yeah, like, yeah, he was he was dead ass. Yeah, he yeah, was dead ass. That dude, man. But anyway, <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah. my bad. I, I just I, I, my, my point is this: hope is not a strategy, right? So there has to be something after that, right? Yeah. Damn, we're glad he's president. Now what? 
<laughs> right. That's that now what moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like that hope all needs to it needs to turn into some kind of action. And that's and, and that that part I do believe. And, and that action and, and, and that's what I want to I tell I talk this about to, to, to my circle, I talk this about talk to this about, you know, to, to young folks, to whoever mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of black folks, right? Mm-hmm. So that action doesn't have to be you know like it ain't gotta be Moses leading the people out, you know, right. you know, and, you know, part the sea. It ain't gotta be something huge. Yeah. It could be something local at, at, at your level. You yeah. know, you go read the kids or something like that. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know, you, you teach them how to fly the fast or, or whatever it may be, man. Just like locally, just own some shit and just like when, when that shit multiplies, you know, and you're looking out for your own in your community and whatnot. Yeah. That shit becomes powerful, right? Sure. And so. You know, I think people are just waiting. You know, people are so frustrated with the system. You know, I don't really blame you know, people. They're so frustrated with the system or whatnot. Just waiting for like, what's this big movement that's going to happen? Because they tried other shit and, and it and it hasn't worked, right? Maybe it's not going to be a big movement. It may not be. It's going to be a bunch it's of pockets of small movements. Yeah, you know? it really could be that. It could though. be that. And and just this kind of I don't know. It's kind of on subject though. I know earlier off camera we was talking about uh, uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, right? So I I think that a lot of times <laughs> like we both laughed at that one. Um I so so first of all, let me say this. Uh some things that uh Dr. Umar says I, I completely agree with. Sometimes I don't necessarily agree with his approach. Other times I don't believe shit he's saying. Um so I, I think and and that's cool. Like, yeah. what what happens is I think a lot of people start feeling like if, if there's some kind of movement or some kind of leader that you need to be 100% all in. That's not going to happen. Like, because people are different. Like, I, I'm not going to feel every strategy. I'm not going to feel everything you're saying. We're not going to relate on a lot of things. Right. But we can be moving towards the same common goal. But then I, I just want to say that us looking for that leadership, us looking for this next big movement does leave us open and vulnerable to – Sometimes people who don't make sense to become our leaders becoming our leaders, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and that that's also the scary part. It's like you get information, and then sometimes you get the information, and it's, it's, you all about it. Like, you know what? Let me get this information to my people. We can make this movement. And then guess what? Capitalism happens, and then they start they start either well, we pulling your money back. For this, we need five thousand for that. We need fifteen thousand for this. Exactly, or or your access to certain things are denied because you you are actually doing too much <laughs> for your certain group of people. I'm I'm telling you, and that's why a lot of um just like just like here, just like in the city of Detroit. Um, shout out to uh, my man Yusef Shakur, who is like a super grassroots um, activist, and like he really in it for the people. He's starting. He's starting low-key, like, in his area, which is Zone 8, mm-hmm. uh, on the west side of uh, Detroit. And he started he started small there, and he's branching out. He got, a, he got like, a community center that he made out of a, a abandoned house. Mm-hmm. That they did all the work themselves. Like, this is the kind of work we need, but then he be keeping it way too real about, about the city council and the mayors and shit. So, of course, his money ain't flowing like right. it need to be to get these projects off, off the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's like... You then get capitalism to, kicks in. Capitalism kick in. So then you like it's like you, you stuck because like damn I got this information I can I can mobilize my people but like on the back end to get something done I'm gonna have to bow down to this. But then you can't do that because then you are gonna be looking less authentic like mm-hmm. Dr. Duvar Johnson and then it's just gonna be like 
it's a tough spot. So you all, not only are you scared to succeed, but you also like you set up to fail. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. What you do? Like, I don't even know. Like, at this point, I would be afraid to be an activist. Like, I, would, I could only work in small pockets. I don't think I would be prepared to lead the masses because it just it don't seem like it's no nope. it doesn't seem like it's gonna work. I don't think I and this is just I have nothing to back this up. I, you know, <laughs> it's all opinions, right? Okay. I don't I don't think there I don't think anyone ever really anyone that has affected any positive change in society has really sought out to be. Mm. A powerful leader or whatnot, right? Just like they generally it. just have, you know, they, they generally just want to do good things for people, yeah. you know. And uh, I look at like a lot of black leaders, and I see some locally, I see some on a national level and whatnot. And they all have different motives. You know, like people have different motives. Like we talked about before, black people are just as diverse as any other group on this planet. Um, I, I, I guess. Where I have an issue is that we start to marginalize and, cat and, 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 and really categorize and put people in, in these boxes, right? Yeah. So this person looks like this, they can't do this, right? This right. person looks like that, they can't do this. Yeah. Whereas, you know, that person who may be the next great leader or whatnot may not wear a suit and tie, you know what I mean? Yeah. They may wear, you know, dickies or some shit like and that. This they DNA may be a blue person, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and I think people dis discount that at times because they look at folks and it's like, oh, you know, they, he, he or she is just charismatic. They don't want really to know shit, right? You know, whatever. Right. But you know, you know what they do know? They, they know what it's like to be a normal person and how you help normal people. You now, know? How, how important is that? And just going back to not just black history, but educating ourselves, though, how important is it to be identifiable? I, this, is way, this is way off, though, but we was talking about the Jordan thing. Yeah. And we were just talking about how like people in Detroit identify with Isaiah. And a lot of people, like, they, they know that Michael Jordan is, like, you know, the greatest, but, yeah. like, they don't identify. And I think when you receive information, this is just like anything. I'll even take it a step further. This is even just like church. Now, first of all, let me let me uh, counter this by saying, like, I'm not a real, like, I'm, I'm not a church person, for real. But I am a spiritual person who is, is, is very who is very in touch to when somebody can relay the message. So like I, I have to be able to identify. Like so I think that's just like with, with, with anything. Like when you learn something or when you're being taught something, and just going back to what you were saying about President Obama, a lot of times like you can't identify. Like you and, and I don't I'm not saying that everybody gotta be from the struggle no. for me to understand. But it is nice to be able to identify. So yeah. then, I think that we had uh, a great yeah. example. Great example. Duh, I, and, and just looking at some of the old stuff on Coming Young, I have no idea how he got away with some of the shit he got <laughs> away with. That's a whole other conversation, yeah. though. But like even with with uh, President Obama, it was a uh, initially it was it was a uh, it was like a 
a honeymoon stage of identifying. Yeah. Cause like, oh, he black, so I identify. Like, all right. Like he walked with a he walked with the Denzel stroll. All right. <laughs> he got a little swag. Like I identified. Yeah. But then it was like it started being like more of a cog in the wheel kind of thing where, like at the end of the day. Again, I love President Obama, man, and everything that, that he tried to do and the, the symbolism behind his presidency. But at the end of the day, dog, he's still a politician, dog. <laughs> and unfortunately, the politicians, even though they're supposed to be for the people and of the people, it never really turns out that way, dog. Politics it, it, are exactly that, politics. It's, again, it's about spin, right? Yeah. So, and I'm not saying I was really fired up about. I'm, I'm gonna take it back to to all these Democratic candidates we just have, and obviously you know Joe Biden is gonna be the Democratic candidate. Yeah. You know, feel however how you feel about that. I was gonna vote for Yang actually, but anyway. <laughs> but that, that's what I'm getting at, right? So we get all stuck up into these these politicians because they're electable. You know, mm -hmm. we think they can win and this stuff like. They're, they're career politicians, though. Like, what are they really going to do? Right? And, and you look at people like Andrew Yang, who he may not have been the best candidate. You know, like I think I was going to vote for him. I think I was going to support him. But he brings some real shit. Like, hey, we are in the middle of an industrial revolution. Like, shifting towards AI. This is what's going to happen, and we see it right now. This is what's going to happen with jobs. This is what we need to do. Like, why was he, What's going to happen? Why was he the only person? Why was he the only one talking about this? But now everybody talking about UBI, universal basic income, right? Mm -hmm. So now this has made everybody, this situation has made everybody think about that. Or maybe that's not such a bad idea, right? Because, yeah, the, he, he's a rich man now. But yeah. at, at one point, like, yeah, I mean, he was a normal person and stuff, right? And, right. and like, he sees this. This is where he, he works, right? Exactly. And, and don't make me, I'm not trying to make this some campaign for, for, for Andrew Yang. <laughs> All I'm just saying is, like, he, normal people come to the platform every day. We discount them because... We don't think they're electable, or they can win, or they this, or they don't have this. They don't have this type of experience. Right. I don't want. I typically don't want my candidate to have political experience because then that comes with, oh, he's tied into this company and to this organization and that and whatever. Which and, is scary because yeah, that's how, that's how Trump got in there. Though. At some point, you got, <laughs> at some point, you got to pay those favors back. Yeah. You know, like. They just don't give these cats money just to give them money. Hell you know no. what I mean? Hell At some no. point, that, those favors are repaid. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and that's, dog. And, and Joe, see, Joe Biden is that, he's got that written, because he's been a career politician. He's got that written all over him. True. Yeah, I, and obviously with, with us, or with some of us, it's going to be that that connection to, to President Obama that's going to make people kind of less. And that's brilliant on their part. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I can't be mad about that because that's politics. <laughs> that's exactly politics, though. And see, and this is the thing I'm talking about. So not just not just black history, but just uh, black involvement mm -hmm. in, in making history at this point and just in, in looking at current stuff. Not, not just history, but I think these types of conversations are the ones that um, unfortunately, well, I ain't gonna say unfortunately, but these are conversations that you got to have with your kids. Like, white people might not, like, I don't know for sure, but they probably don't have to have these kind of conversations with their kids. I think these conversations are necessary for us. You know what I'm saying? And the and only reason I say that is because could you imagine knowing, like, the things that, that we, that, like, that we're talking about right now? Like, could you imagine knowing these things in our teenage years, in our 20s? Like, you could be, it would have been so many different decisions I would have made. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Just so many different decisions I would have made, like, and, and and not to jump off into the whole educational thing, but, um, and it wasn't as readily available as it is now, but I, I do feel like I probably would have foregone 
the classical uh, collegiate education if I'd have known some of the things that I know now. But again, this whole like the, the internet and everything wasn't as prevalent when we was coming up. Like you couldn't go to YouTube University and learn everything like you can now. But for this age, I, I just encourage, I encourage learning more than receiving the education, if that makes sense. All right? So yeah. find, find somewhere for you to learn stuff don't necessarily mean spending $60,000 of your, of your fucking life. <laughs> I say your life. I won't even say your money. Your life, because you end up on that for the rest of your life. Um, to get a classical education. But definitely be seeking knowledge, I think is the thing. And if we got, if we go be in a position to, to have that information, which I think we have that, a lot of that information now, it is our responsibility to try to like give that to the next generation. And then I think from that point, not only can we give them the information, but again, we gotta we gotta tell them how to use it. Right. Because that's the thing. Like, if somebody had to gave us all the information that's available now and just left us with it, what can you do with it if nobody tell you like what to do with it? Like, you kind of need to know what to do with this direction. Yeah. yeah. Some direction. Yeah. Yeah. Some direction. There is some some good things that come out of letting you kind of figure it out. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, some direction is definitely mentors and things like that. You know, that's why you have mentors when they give you a little direction. They don't give you all. They don't give you the answers to the test. Man, they, look. But they show you how to do your work. You know what I mean? Mentors, bro. How important? I think I, I think I heard that word maybe once or twice when I was coming up, and that was that was later on, like in my college days. Mm -hmm. That's a conversation we gotta be having from day one. Yeah. And the crazy thing about mentors, especially business mentors, is that they be ready. Mm -hmm. They be ready to help. But don't nobody reach out to them or they don't know how to make the connection because they're so busy in their everyday you know, life. But I think that's like hella important. And mentors is basically just another way of saying somebody who didn't did it already telling you how to get there. That, that's it. But then we talked about this on another show too, though, about some people who are in those positions and just like they just they don't want to help. Now, now that part. Or they're scared to help. Both of those, right? Both of those, and, and the reason, but and the reason they be scared is because they don't want to lose their position. How do you you can't get past that though? Like you can't get past that. So you know, um, I had a situation. <laughs> I had a situation. Uh, so the, the organization I work for it has like a certain affinity group, you yeah. know, uh, uh, African American affinity group. Right, you know, mm -hmm. make some of those networks, you know, and some of those contacts and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, let's just say I was promoting that at my local level, mm -hmm. and it was met with some resistance. Like, really? Yeah, like favoritism. Yeah. Like you're showing favoritism towards you know Bruh. these folks. Bruh. Like, no, this is the reason why we have an affinity group because favoritism has been shown, <laughs> but not to these folks. Exactly. You know, in spite of these folks. In spite right? of, right? Yes. For sure. And, and, and it just like. It just makes me, again, I think we talked about this last year sometime, you know, just about people that hold that final yes and that final no, you know, and what are the, their real motivations. Yeah, we can put all the window dressing up that we want, yeah. but at the end, of the, the end of the day, what's really happening? What's really going to be allowed? You know, those type right. of things, you know. Because, you know, especially in corporate America, because everybody answers to somebody at some point. Yeah, it's, it's corporate ladder. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is, right? Yeah. Now, that's the, and that's the, the, the crazy thing about it and the scary thing about it. But at the end of the day, I guess you, we just can't be afraid. Like, I guess you just got to take that chance. You got to jump off and, and not be fearful of the unknown. Mm -hmm. But, like, just even equating that to, to black history, though, is where this is where I'm kind of, I'm torn.
because I'm like, I want to educate, like, I want to educate my people. I want to keep this information flowing until we figure out how to use it and get back into our proper space in this whole capitalism thing. I want to do that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm almost feeling like I'm o I'm okay. And this probably, I don't know, this probably not going to be popular, but I'm okay if they, if they quit making that a part of curriculum, which they already basically have. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Because now, now it's like me begging you to include us. I don't have to beg you to include us. We can just include it ourselves. So, like, if you never teach another day of, of black history or if you never have another commercial, if you never have whatever, I don't really care. Because I know the information is here and I can get it and I can divulge it the way I want to. So, at the end of the day, if I had kids and they going to school the whole month of February and they never had black history, I think I'm going to be all right. Because I am going to enforce it. I'm really curious. What do, what do you think about what Van Jones said recently? Yeah, so um, this is a crazy thing. Cause I, I fuck with Van Jones. I do. And he one of those dudes that I feel like, for whatever reason, like I don't even know his whole background, but for whatever reason, I feel like I identify with him. Like I feel him when he talking. Um, I don't think that much of what he said is a lot different from what Bill Cosby was saying back in the day. But for whatever reason, I was offended when Bill said it. But I wasn't so much offended when uh, when Van said it. And the only reason I say that is because I feel like he was talking from a place where he was saying us, we. Like, he was included in that situation. Mm -hmm. I felt like Bill Cosby was saying it to a point where um, the battery ended. Okay. <laughs> All right, I edited that. But, um, yeah, I think that Bill Cosby was saying it from a point kind of like looking down on us. I think Van was speaking from... Like a, a true aspect. I, I really feel like a lot of the shit that he said was, was real life. I, I wasn't mad about it. But he got backlash though. Like people was acting all like basically fuck him, like for for speaking his mind. I don't agree. I agree with what he was saying. So I don't fault him for uh, speaking his mind. Not at all. Uh, I'm gonna say this. I don't really fuck with Van Jones at all. Damn, uh, for real? Yeah, for real. <laughs> okay. But, but so you know, he came out and basically said, you know, black people got to make better choices, right? Yeah, which like, is true. I, yes, and I get that. Yeah. I, I, I really do get that. Yeah. What I don't agree with his argument, especially, you know, as I'm reading more about this and, you know, and reading a little bit more about Van Jones and his comments and his beliefs and stuff, like, uh, I don't think black folks need to adapt to society, right? You are who you are, you know? White folks, Chinese folks, Asian folks, uh, Korean folks, uh, Mexican folks, whatever. Mm -hmm. They didn't adapt to us, right? So right. society has to adapt, you know what I mean? Black folks don't have to adapt, society has to adapt. That's, that's where I disagree with, with his argument. You know? oh, and what I mean by society adapting is, you know, when, when we are in the corporate setting and we are in a meeting, whatnot, and, and I do give my opinion about something like that, it, it's not met with like, you know, this, it's almost this angst, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And when, when I'm driving on 94 in a black explorer, doing 76 or 77 in the 70, like everybody else, yeah. that once this police officer finds out that I'm a certified pistols license holder, that all of a sudden he's scared. Now I got to fear for my life. Right. I mean, black people don't, shouldn't have to adapt to that. You know what I mean? Society needs to adapt. And so I guess that's where I, I disagree with his argument, you know? Yeah. I, Fundamentally, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm speaking from a fundamental mm -hmm. standpoint. 
looking at it from how you looking at it, yeah, definitely. I, I think that certain shit is it's it's not even it's not even questionable whether it should be adaptable. It shouldn't be. Like it's no way that I, I using that as a perfect example about getting pulled over and shit. Like I, it's no way that any any way that we feel should You should never have to fear for your life. Exactly. In a, like in a routine track. You shouldn't have to adapt to that. And that's something fear for your life. And that's something again this is probably all subject too, but like that's weird to me that I probably don't know any white people that that feel that fear when no. they get pulled over. You not know what I'm saying? Not unless they're doing some shit. Unless they really yeah, doing some yeah, shit. You know but like, uh, but like driving to work on uh, a freaking Tuesday morning. Exactly. You uh, innocent black, you uh, innocent white person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would never give a shit about no. getting pulled over on Tuesday morning. I'm nervous every time they get behind me, and I'm oh. completely legal. Yes. Completely legal, dog. And that's. That's the unfortunate thing, though. That's definitely unfortunate. But you say that's why you yeah, <laughs> you're not really feeling his vibe yeah, on that one. I fuck with early Van Jones. I fuck with pre-political Van Jones. But Van Jones, as he got into the political process... And well, you know what? Like, Maybe that's know. what I'm basing it off of. Because like, I fuck with Van Jones before he'd been on TV for yeah, a Because yeah. like, now he's on TV. Mm -hmm. And I think that has changed him a yeah. little bit. Yeah, so I, I agree with you on that point. Um, I, I think fundamentally, I feel where he's where he's coming from, and I think that's a little bit biased only because like I kind of I fuck with him before, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna take it back a little bit. The reason why I fuck with Van Jones for real is because his connection with uh fuck God uh, Shaka Senor right. Mm -hmm. So Shaka is a dude from uh from Detroit who spent like. Uh, a whole gang of years in, in prison. I can't remember how many years. Um, he ended up coming out writing a book called "Writing My Wrongs," um, which is a dope ass book. Make sure you check it out. And he did. Uh, he did a uh, one of those uh, Soul Sundays uh, yeah. with, with Oprah. So him and Van had a connection, and I had a connection to to him. So I think by third party. I felt like okay. I could identify. Okay. I think that's how that happened. I got you know what I'm saying? You. Like a lot of times you have to, you really have to explain how you get connected to somebody. Cause I didn't want to, okay. I didn't want to tell you that I'm connected to him because I believe everything he say. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm connected yeah. to him because a dude that I, that, that I vibe with, that I connected with kind of vouched for him. You know what I'm saying? So then I was like, oh, he must be cool. Cause like my man on this shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, shout out to him. He one of those dudes, him. And uh, Yousef Shakur, both of them from uh, from the city of Detroit. Both of them spent time. Yeah, both of them spent time in, in prison for uh, shit. I think I want to say I, I know Shaka was for murder. Mm -hmm. I, I I'm not certain about Yousef. I gotta I gotta be sure. I don't want to put no ill records out there. I'm but they it, yeah. but they definitely they definitely spent time and and I identify with them too. And like I said, Shaka like he. He identified with Van Jones, so so did I in that <laughs> aspect. Yeah. Now again, the the post TV Van Jones, mm -hmm. I, I I don't know honestly because <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you, dog. I feel like when people get to the TV status, like I, I don't, I just honestly don't watch a lot of TV. Like I watch I watch old Saffron and the Bark and shit, right? But like when people get all political and get to TV, I don't listen as much. Like I have to be honest with you. You, you know, uh, yeah, okay, I, I feel that. Like, uh, so somebody I do kind of follow, mm -hmm. you know, on social media, and uh, I agree with some things they say, and then some. I don't know. I guess I want to see this person will, will do more action. Okay, I guess right. Angela Rye. Very intelligent. Person. Very intelligent. Yes. Like, smart. 
I would love to have a conversation with her, right? Yes. So freaking so I'm sure I can learn something from her, right? Sure. I know I can. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if it's just from a, a standpoint of I'm a CNN, you know, analyst, or I'm a whatever analyst, and you know I can only do certain things, or just standpoint of just I'm so frustrated, I don't know what to do, right? You know, so it could like, be a combination of both. It could be a combination yeah. of both. Um, but when looking at those 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 online and those you know TV personalities and whatnot, I think we have to be careful. It's just in, in who we support and, and who we throw our you know uh, uh, who we really throw our support behind. Yeah. Because sometimes they have certain connections that they have. Like I said, you know. You just don't get money for no reason. You get money. They have connections that keep yeah. them handcuffed. Right. You yeah, know. So sometimes, sure. and that's why I respect. Uh, uh, what's what's Dove's girl? What's her name? Uh, uh, oh man. Uh, uh, God from ESPN, Jamil yeah. Hill. Jamil, Bro, Jamil. what? I love Jamil. Yo, I love her. Dog. Love her. Shout out to Jamil Hill. Dog, like perfect woman, man. Like, dog, for sure. Just, and she took her talents to the Atlantic. Intelligent, beautiful, like dog. I, I wasn't, you know, and wasn't afraid to buck the system no, when she needed to. I got a job with ESPN. Fuck that. I'm going to say what I need to say. And I got to right? tell you. And I respect the hell out of that. I got to tell you, bucking the system at ESPN Ooh, was brave. Yes. That's brave. A black woman. <laughs> a black woman at that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's bravery for real. So, yeah, definitely salute to her. But, but like you said, though, that is true. You kind of have to be careful. Just like I think that having this conversation, um, again, kind of off subject of the black history thing but I think having this conversation about Van Jones is 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 uh is evident of that because again I kind of I took the initial I took that initial impression and I'm I'm rolling off that mm-hmm. to be quite honest with you I don't even know what he's become right because I, since he's progressed into whatever this TV personality thing is I kind of stopped paying attention, and that's probably that's probably my fault. And but I, I do want to I do want to say that for people who watching and like, well, damn, he 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 agreed with everything he's saying. Like honestly, I don't. Like I once he got to where he at now, I kind of stopped paying attention. I'm talking about the initial, uh, you know, the, the the initial response I had from him and just that connection with Shaka Senior. I just felt like it was it was genuine. I don't know what type of shit he on now. I I dog, the the crazy thing about about now. I, I try to stay like abreast on everything that's going on, but in reality, since this pandemic been going on, like I had a almost like a complete media shutout. Like I don't even want to. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to think about politics. I don't want to think about economics at this point. It's just like it's. I'm overwhelmed. I'm cool with it right now. Just being like when I put, I, I post some stuff on Facebook. And I let them know like you can go ham in the comments if you want to. <laughs> I don't really care. I was just telling you what I was thinking. I'm not about to get into no whole conversation. I'm just not interested, dog. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna get back though. I am gonna get back, but I ain't gonna lie. I'm taking a break right now because it's it's a lot going on, dog. This is like people. People, like, we in survival mode now. People trying to figure out what they go do and how they go keep things together. But at the end of the day, man, when you look at the grand scheme of things, we are in a historical point of history. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, we, this some major shit. Like, your kids going to be, like, doing, like, you know, science projects on this. Yes, like, uh, for real. Book reports. Exactly. Yeah. Book reports and fucking history exams. Yeah. Like, this is going to be serious. And right now, I just don't, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I, I told somebody that we was doing my other show uh, the other day, and he got to talking about some. I, damn, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's shooting out facts, 
And I just like, dog, I just said live on air, bro. I was just like, you know what? I feel where you're coming from, but in real life, I just don't feel like being woke right now, bro. Hey. I don't want to talk about it. Like, I feel what you're saying. I'm not going to knock what you're saying. I don't feel like it. <laughs> I just don't fucking feel like it. And so, and that's where I'm at with, with, with Van. I kind of, I did. I, I zoned out on him. So I don't even know where he at with things now. Mm-hmm. But I, I did respect his uh, his opinions and his thought process uh, earlier on. And from what I've seen, as far as what he said most recently, um, fundamentally I agree. Um, but I do understand where you're coming from too. It's just that sometimes people get to a position where now you, you kind of got to question the validity of what they're saying. Right. This is what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I get that. And anybody who in any, any political pundits, <laughs> any politicians... I question everything they say because I have no idea where they're coming from. If you really want to know what somebody supports, follow the money. You say that all the time. Follow the money. And that's dead serious right there. And that will show you what they yeah. support. Follow the money, who's bankrolling them or whatever. All right, just to uh, go ahead and finish it up, man, just go back to the Maker's Mark real quick. Again, uh, my my whole thing about Maker's Mark 46 hasn't really changed. It's still it's, it's decent. Uh, it's decent bourbon. Um, Although I, again, I do. I think I, I do have a, a better, a better relationship with the <laughs> regular Maker's Mark. Uh, this was decent, though, and, and I will tell you this, though: if you're not a cigar smoker, um, then this may not pertain to you. But I do think that it, it does go nicely with a good cigar. Um, so I think it did kind of mellow it out, so it works a little bit better. If you're looking at an everyday sipper kind of thing, uh, for me, I'm gonna suggest a no on that one as far as an everyday thing. This could be like break it out every now and then kind of thing, but. Something that's going to be, uh, if you celebrating a, uh, some kind of a come up at your corporate job and you want to smoke a cigar, I think this is, goes great with a cigar. I won't necessarily uh, suggest it for an everyday sipper, though. But it is decent. It's not, it's not the worst thing I've ever tasted. Um, but in comparison to that and the, the regular Maker's Mark, um, I would suggest a regular Maker's Mark. Well, I mean, what's, what's kind of your input on the 46? I think I agree with you. Uh I'm a fan of the regular maker, maker, regular makers mark. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the 46. It's a little too sweet for me. Uh, that, that's why I was really, <laughs> that's why I was really smoking a cigar. It kind of, it kind of balanced that out. It balances sweetness. It does, I mean? yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but definitely, if if you said, hey, this or the regular makers mark, I'll take the regular. You know, any take the regular. Exactly. And, and if I did, you know, honestly, to be. Keep it all the way real. My everyday sipper is gonna be Buffalo Trace. You know? Yeah, for sure. I haven't been, I haven't came across a bourbon that's gonna you know replace that for me as of right now. Anyway, as a bourbon though, yeah, as yeah. a whiskey though, definitely Uncle Nearest. That's my oh, name. as a straight whiskey like yeah, Uncle <laughs> yeah. Nearest. Yeah, I fuck with Uncle Nearest now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but getting back to this, I don't dislike it. Again, it, it's it's decent. Smooth, <laughs> decent. It is a little, it's a little sweeter. A little sweet. It's a little sweet. Um. But like I said, you know, initially the nose, you get that vanilla, maybe a little bit of that caramel, but it's like a sweet caramel, like a candy caramel almost. Um, the note, you know, after the nose, you know, the actually notes and the notes and the taste is, it's, it's, it's kind of mellow. It's okay. It's decent. It's, okay. I, it's, it's, a, it's a little sweeter. And just like last week we were doing uh, the Bro Brothers and it, it had a sweetness to it as well. Um, but I think it had like a smoky finish to it. I think that's what made it a little more even. Uh, and that's why I, when I said smoky finish, I guess this is why this balances it out a little bit because it is a, a little bit sweeter. Um, and it's not, it doesn't evaporate as well either. And what I mean by that is 
I think with bro with bro brothers, I think there was a little hint of sweetness, but after you get that little smoky taste at the end, it kind of evaporates. This one not so much. So I almost feel like a bit, yeah, yeah, it kind of lingers. You know what I'm saying? It kind of lingers, and, and I, I, to me, I feel like um, in comparison to this and the regular Maker's Mark, this is uh, you know legitimately supposed to be a step up. And I almost feel like the regular Maker's Mark is smoother, honestly. And even though this is aged in different barrels, um, I would expect this to have been smoother than the original Maker's Mark. So between the two here, yeah, I would definitely just uh, pick the regular. Yeah. Um, but it does go well with a cigar. It sure does. And if you guys wondering what, what I'm smoking, I'm smoking that Opus X. That Opus. Yeah. So me, me, I have no idea because <laughs> it's a cigar that I had from a while ago, and there I, I lost the label, so I honestly don't know what <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but it's, it's great. But I, I will tell you this though, I'm gonna get him some bands. Don't worry about my, it. My my preference though has always been Romeo and Juliet, only because I, you know what? I don't know why. Cause I, I smoked a few uh, cigars, and, and thanks so to both, I had a Cuban Romeo and Juliet. That was so, gonna be my question. Do you like? The Dominican Romeo Julietas, or do you like the Cuban Romeo Julietas better? Um, I, obviously I got more experience with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, with the first ones, uh, but I think that let me see, I think they're they're both actually equally equally smooth. I think, mm -hmm. but the uh, the Cuban actually obviously gets me higher. So <laughs> if I'm trying if I'm trying to uh, get high, then definitely the the Cuban version of Romeo and Juliet. Um, outside of that, though, I've I become, a, you know, accustomed to, to the other. And I, I'm not sure why, but it's just like, because I smoked a, a few cigars before that. And, and look, I'll, I'll go ahead and be completely honest with you. When I first started smoking cigars, right, this is not a popular conversation, but I'm going to share this with y'all because uh, we family now, right? So when I first started smoking cigars, I would buy, uh, <laughs> I would buy the 12 packs from Walgreens, right? <laughs> Instantly got a headache. Instantly. No, instantly, right? Like the twelve pack of cigars from uh, um, from Walgreens, man. I would smoke those joints. Right? They'd be like they'd be like this long, so I felt like a baller. But it was like some of the cheapest, worst tobacco ever. And so that's where I started. And then from there, I, I've had several brands. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, one night me and Angry Principal was going to the uh, cigar bar. And next door to the cigar bar was a liquor store that sold that sold cigars. So he's like, let's stop in there. So I stopped in there first, and they had these Romeo and Juliets, right? Or uh, Romeo and Juliettas. Uh, you know, so if you want to say it in Spanish, like it's supposed to be said. Um, so he hit me to it. He was like, yeah, these are nice. So I tried one, took it to the cigar bar, we smoked. And for whatever reason, from that point on, that has always been my preference because for whatever reason, I just really enjoyed that shit. Like everywhere I go, I ask that they have one, and uh, that's been my preference. Now, now that I've had the Cuban kind, though, it's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So Cubans that aren't always better, right? Some people don't even fuck the Cubans. Like, yeah. I get that. Well, you know, I, the Dominicans are good. The Guadalajara's yeah. are good. You know, and I'm just able to compare those because they're the same, yeah. the same yeah. brand. Right, right. It's just. I think some people get hung up on Cubans because they're Cubans. Yeah. They're not necessarily the better kit cigars, but definitely more expensive. More expensive, yeah. You know, it just depends on what you like. I but just like the whiskeys and the bourbons, like we said before, more expensive doesn't always mean no. better. Yeah, definitely not. But, um, all right, so that's, that's our take on that. But before we get out of here, just uh, one final word. We're going to go around one last time and just talk about what we're talking about today, man, just the importance of... Uh, black History and Black History Month, I guess I will put that into pers perspective. 
But your last sentiments on the way out, dog. How important is black history at this point? For I, I'll say for the advancement of our culture. I, I think it's definitely important to, to, to teach, you know, black history and whatnot. You know, uh, you know, the classical stuff we teach, civil rights, slavery, yeah, that's important. But the other stuff too, you know, black history is uh, I mean, going back to the ancestors in in Western Africa, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. And even incorporating things that are happening right now, like we talked about earlier, like my homeboy Kimry and right. you know other folks that I know uh, that are doing big things, you know. So um, definitely very important. Um, I, I just want to say, I, I guess if I had to give advice to a parent or a mentor or somebody out there that, like that that was teaching young kids, it's just. Um, Share the stories of you know. Share the stories of struggle and things like that, but also share the stories of triumph. triumph you know, sure. yeah. No you know, those might be even more important. You know, stories that they don't get taught about in school. You know, like uh, not only just for young girls but young boys. Like the story of Queen Amina. Like she was a warrior queen that, you know, basically you. you whether you like it or not, she act like a dude, you know what I mean? <laughs> like when she took over a tribe, she took yeah. one dude from that tribe that she wanted to fuck with, and she did, and she killed him the next morning. You know what I wow. mean? Like, yeah. she was a beast, you know? Yeah. She took over like a lot of West Africa, like, yeah. not like a tribe, she took over like regions. Regions, right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, a lot of folks don't know about, you know, so like, those stories are important too, just yeah. to show our people where we have been, you know what I mean, and what, what, what's possible. Yeah. For sure. So on that tip, I, I definitely agree. I think that though, that education point of it is is definitely important. The information is important, and I'm not even hip to that whole story about the queen. So I got to educate myself on that. But um, also too, like I'm saying all this, just like I said before about it being our responsibility, and I feel like we got access to information, so we need to disperse that information to our community and those that's coming after us. I, it is a responsibility, but at the same time, I don't want you to take it the wrong way as if um, as if I'm being oppressive on the fact, like don't beat yourself up if you haven't done that. But this is an opportunity to do so moving forward. I think that's where we get stuck a lot of times, just thinking about, cause I, I, I did it recently just in this episode, just thinking about like some of the, some of the opportunities that were missed before, like, you know, in our past generation. Um, you don't want to dwell on that though. Even if you're in this generation and you haven't, you haven't learned the things that you needed to learn or you think that you need to learn to pass those things on, it's not too late. Like, right. let's just look at this point moving forward. I think that, that's, the, that's the thing. So I just want to encourage people to do that. Get the information that you need so that you can give that information to the ones that need it even more than you. And, and those, the ones that need it more than you are the ones that are younger than you because like, you can get the information now we getting a, we getting up in age, obviously. Uh, so at this point, this information is whatever. This information is more valuable to the ones behind us. So we got to make sure that we get that information and provide it for them. And at the end of the day, man, this is something that I think that the the couple of generations back understood that we got to get back to understanding. It's a lot of information that we can provide, a lot of direction that we can provide that unfortunately may not make a difference in our lives, but it's going to be for the lives after us. And I think once you get to that point, I mean, it, it is a point of being unselfish because at this, at this juncture, you are able to supply the knowledge and give direction to a lot of people, and you may never see the results of that. And you got to be okay with that, though. Like, you got to be okay with leaving a legacy because at this point, 
you may not actually see the fruits of your labor. Right. That's scary for a lot of people. Makes a lot of people selfish. Like, I want to keep it all to myself because I can't see the benefits of it, but you got to keep the next generation in mind. But uh, on that note, dog, this is a, definitely another healthy conversation, dog. And uh, shout out to Makers Mark 46. And uh, shout out to episode number two. <laughs> we will check y'all out next time. Of course, this is an episode of BBW, Beers, Bourbon, Whiskey. I'm your boy, man, Q Lewis, holding it down live from the 48205. Got my man, Bo, holding it down. I say, hey, keep a lookout for our beer care products, baby. Oh, yeah, coming soon, keep dog. Keep a lookout sure. for our beer care products. <laughs> Peace out, John. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer.